listening to the let's go buffalo podcast your favorite podcast for all things bills and sabers with the pals nigel tom and jake episode 30 coming at you a whole new set of 10 here quick reminder to follow our social medias you can find us on instagram x tiktok and youtube all uh at let's go buff pod that's buff with two f's Let's say good morning to the fellas here. Tom, how are we doing, pal? Dude, I'm great. Good morning. Happy Sunday to you, bud. Good to see yeah. you guys. Yeah, man. Jake, how are we doing, brother? Bonjour. He's come back from abroad. <laughs> <laughs> I have. I've returned. I'm not used to seeing you guys in the morning. This is nice, though. Uh, but yeah, I'm good. Just got back from a long trip to Europe, so I'm, I'm psyched about that. I'm really happy to be home after a long trip, so... Yeah, I'm know. good. Yeah, good to be here chatting with you boys. Tell us, tell us a bit about the trip, dude. You did some pretty cool stuff over there. It was, yeah, it was awesome. It was, uh, so it was a part work, part vacation trip. So I started off going to France to do some skiing. I was in the Alps for a couple of days, shredding up. The did you yodel? I hope stuff. you yodeled. There was a, li- a little bit of yodeling. I- I'm not, I'm not the best yodeler, so uh, I left that <laughs> to the locals. Um, <laughs> yeah, it was great. The skiing was. A- incredible dude it's such yeah. a difference night and day from the the cat skills that i'm used to so uh it was phenomenal and then for those that don't know i work for a, a british company so i was in london doing some some worky things for uh the last week or so and yeah had a great trip there saw some some of my coworkers that i really enjoy and yeah had a, had a great time there drinking some tea with the brits nice dude that's killer man that's skiing Jake, before we hopped on, Jake showed us like he projected the the trail map of the mountain that he was on. And like I used to be huge into skiing, dude. I'm not so much anymore. Well, snowboarding for me. But one of my life goals is still to do like some legit, like unreal powder type skiing. And like what you what you did, man, is like absolutely on my bucket list. Yeah. When this podcast takes off, we're we're doing a, a company retreat to uh, oh, oh, dude, yeah. could you imagine? Oh absolutely God. that'd be the best live from a gondola uh-huh. tom you've been on break all week dude how's your how's yeah. your break been wonderful wonderful it's been pretty quiet my uh my wife and i hung out got spent some some us time and yeah it's been good i had my brothers up this past couple of days so good to see good to see them I was glad that they took the little jaunt up uh up to vermont but um yeah no it was really nice we're definitely a uh, a much needed break and the sunshine has been freaking great for me too been it's loving been nice it. right yeah, yeah super dude. hyped up for springtime at this point yeah well folks we are uh it's it's 11 30 on a sunday and we're not drinking beer right now i think that i mean we could have like you wouldn't wouldn't be shocked if we were with, with the three of us like this is a crowd that would yeah yeah <laughs> but sure. now. wouldn't That's be the first home. time either we're all just drinking coffee this morning, so boys, cheers to a nice Sunday cup of Joe. My mug, can you guys read it? That's awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, but it was not gripped from your grandparents. I could bet it wasn't no, actually. No, it was. It was. Yeah, my ah. grandmother got it for me for my birthday. Are you her only grandson? 
I am the only dude. I'm the only boy on the entire, like on both <laughs> sides of my family, except for William now, my 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 new brother-in-law. But yeah, yeah, yeah all nice. my cousins, all my cousins, all females. So yeah, dude. That's awesome. That's a great month. A yeah, great pretty good, right? Um, all right. So we're gonna get into a little bit of Sabres talk here first, just because it hasn't all uh it hasn't all been terrible, <laughs> which is which is great. <laughs> Jake, you want to walk us through a couple of Sabres things or two? Yeah, sure. It has not all been terrible. And look look, even when it was terrible, there were still bright spots, but it's been they've been on a little bit of a hot streak. So we just kind of wanted to call that out a little bit and talk about it for a little bit before the trade deadline coming up on Friday. We won't get into the trade deadline today, but we'll do a bit more of an episode later this week on some trade candidates and what we might want to or not want to see. But since then, since we last recorded, uh, there's been, I believe, six games, and the Sabres are 4-1-1 one, and one in those games. Yeah. Something I, like that. They, they, I don't know exactly what it is in the last stretch here, but the last stretch they have won a lot more than they have lost. Um, and it's, it's, I don't know, dude, I like, it's, it's great. But like, for me, like, it's just simply like, like the banner says, dude, it's too little too late. Like you're, <laughs> you're at least at this point, 10 points out of a playoff spot. I believe you're more than 10 points out of a playoff spot. Um, all the teams you have to leap over are going to, continue to win right at least some of the time so there's like no way you could i mean it would be absolutely insane if they were to at this point make the playoffs i mean you could probably lose like two more games um for that to actually be possible but yeah go ahead jake uh, yeah no, i agree it is too little too late there they are 10 points out of a playoff spot currently there's six teams between them and the second playoff spot. So it's, it, yeah, it's, it's way too late. I want to correct myself too. They're five and one in the last six games. So that it's a, it's been a good stretch. Like, there's no, totally. no two ways around that. Um, but it, it, yeah, there's, there's no, there's nothing, there's, there's really been nothing left to play for. And I'm always hesitant to buy into teams in general, not just the Sabres, any team that, that, kind of goes on a hot streak once the points stop mattering because they're so far out. It's it's a it's a slippery slope when you start to to put a lot of stock into that. I look at like Ottawa for example, last year too kind of started to play well down the stretch but still missed the playoffs and then this year they kind of are in the same boat as Buffalo of high expectations, young talented major team, disappointment. Major disappointment. Yeah, but they've they've started to play well too. It's it, 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 you have to watch out for the paper tiger teams that start looking fierce when there's nothing left to play for and yeah. buffalo's done that a little bit this year and they've done that other years last year they played well down the stretch but they were kind of they, they they were in the race still. they were hunting yeah so uh, yeah i don't know what to make of it um but they have beat some good teams in the past six games or so i haven't really had a chance to watch them Nigel, because I've been away, but any yeah. any trends or things that you've seen from from the team that you like or or Dude, still are suspect? They they right now for me are doing a significantly better job of passing the eye test, right? Like everything just looks it looks faster, and I'm telling you, man, there's the the biggest thing that I see that leads to the Sabres' success. I guess it's kind of twofold. One, or it's more or less the same thing. An, an insanely aggressive forecheck, right? Like just taking away, you have to take away 
as much time and space for these guys as you possibly can because they're just too good, right? So I find for this for this Sabres team, when the forecheck is at its most aggressive, that's when we are bar none the most successful, okay? The other thing that I've been noticing too, I feel like we've been blocking shots like crazy. Like, mm-hmm. and when, like when you're starting to eat shots, dude, like it's just less going at your net. And then on top of that, dude, I mean, his numbers in his last 10 games are crazy right now, dude. UPL is playing absolutely unreal. He's playing so well right now. We beat the absolute wheels off of Vegas yesterday, and we looked awesome most of that game, dude. Um, we had a slip-up in the early second period where we allowed Vegas to come back and tie the game at two. But then the rest of that period, dude, for the next, like, 12 minutes, it was, like, 12 minutes in Vegas's end, dude, cycling the puck. I mean, like, we're changing while we're in the offensive zone, like, that kind of continued pressure. And then we end up winning that game, like, it was – we beat the wheels off, and it was, like, what, 7-2 to or something like that? Yeah, 7-2, to Cousins with two shorthanded goals. Yeah, like, I mean, it. it was it was just crushing. Oh, Aaron Stabell, what's good, dude? Um, what's up, man? So, yeah, dude, I mean, it was, you know, yesterday was awesome, but, like, and UPL was sick, but too little too late. Yeah, but you start you start blocking shots, you start making it easier on your goalie. The goalie can start making more saves and, and looking like UPL has looked. Uh, it just it snowballs, right? I mean, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy when both of those things start happening that you're going to start winning more games. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, UPL has been great. He's, he's the – he's proving, I think, that he can be – the number one guy. Like I know the team is starting to gel a little bit and play better. And we talked about not really trusting that, but I do think that UPL is a little bit more trustworthy, I guess, of what he's shown this year. It's been consistent and he's, he's kind of that that's what we were looking for earlier in the year is consistency out of him. Not necessarily the flashes that he had before, but just consistently being able to, to look like he belongs in the net. Yeah. Does that give Devin Levi some room to like have, relax and like get some experience in the league and play in play in Rochester and then come up and play in Buffalo like next year and like not have to come in and be the guy next year? Well, so can I actually jump in on that because Tom, you almost beat me too with a hair, and 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 I want to pose a question to Jake. So Jake, like with the way UPL has played, right? How do you feel going into next season with a? UPL as like the entrenched starter and Devin Levi being the backup that plays, I don't know, what would you want to see him play 35, 40 games? Yeah, I'd be okay with the split like that. Um, I think that depends on, well, I, Devin Levi's been playing really well in Rochester. I think he has been sick in Rochester. Slot that in because it's a very different answer if he went down to Rochester and wasn't dominating. Mm-hmm. Um, right. But I, the, the Rochester's had some offensive struggles uh, recently, and Devin Levi has, has kind of kept them in games that maybe they shouldn't have been before. He's been um, awesome down there. Incredible, yeah. So if he continues that and finishes the season out that way, I hope they make the playoffs and get Levi some playoff experience. Um, with all those things happening, I think I'd be okay with him being the, the 1B, I guess you could say, in Buffalo next year. I also the part of me also still says if you can find a goalie that could complement UPL well that's a veteran and most almost most importantly you don't infuriate Devin Levi by keeping him in the minors for another year I would feel most comfortable with 
with that scenario, having a, a, a one B kind of veteran guy come in and, and be the support to UPL rather than a rookie. Jake, I, then that's, that's my vote for the, for a plan. I would, I would much rather do that than immediately. Cause like, what was, what was the issue with Devin Levi this year? I think the expectations were just astronomically high. Right. Yeah. And he, you know, he probably was feeling that pressure and just, I don't know, maybe that was it. Maybe it wasn't. Maybe he just needs more time to acclimate. I don't know, dude, but he's doing really well in Rochester and he's so freaking young and goalies that, that development trajectory, excuse me, is a weird one, dude. So like, I'm, I'm totally fine leaving him in Rochester to cook another year. Yeah. Same here. The only reason that I would have pause is if he would be significantly like upset by that. But at the same time, that, that would, that would raise question marks to me. If, if this rookie goalie is that upset by needing to spend time in the NHL, that's a, a tough look as well. I also so, can't imagine he would be like, he seems like the sweetest kid on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> he does. Yeah. So, so I don't know. I think I, yeah, I think I guess I'd prefer that too. Just, just a, a vet, veteran goalie that can kind of play 30, 35 games to spell UPL and have UPL ideally continue looking like he's looked. Right. And that's the other half of it, right? Like you're assuming that UPL is going to continue this kind of a trajectory. So Yeah. Yeah, but I think I think what you said about the expectations for Levi being high and feeling it earlier this year, I think that can be, go for the whole team. The whole teams look like they've had lofty expectations, but just couldn't live up to them and kind of got bogged down under the weight of them. So until um, they can, but but next year there's going to be just as high expectations, even higher, and they're going to feel that pressure again. So yeah. they need to they need to play like they're playing now when there are expectations for them to mount. Yeah, I'm not I'm not yeah. willing to be that kind about it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Alrighty. But anyway, well, so I, it, real quick, uh, before we move on to the Bills, it's been one year to the day of the Jordan Greenway trade, and so I, I want to save a lot of the trade deadline talk for uh, next episode this week. However, real quick on Jordan Greenway. Traded last year for a second-round pick and a fifth-round pick. And in his games as a saver, he's played 66, and he has 13 goals, 12 assists, or 25 points, Tom. Um, <laughs> so what what are your thoughts now one year in the past, one year in the future from the trade? Feel it's good? Do you feel like he's a piece of this uh, team moving forward, Nigel? Or, or kind of, yeah, what are your thoughts on it? I, I like him a lot better this season than I did last season. Um, I think he dealt with some injury stuff last year, if I remember right. So that could have been part of it. Could have just been acclimating to the team. Um, I, those those numbers don't justify a second-round pick to me. Um, so that's where I struggle the most, especially knowing you can get a guy like J.J. Paterka in the second round. You know, like, so that doesn't equate to me. But, you know, a player like Jordan Greenway, you don't ask him to do what you ask a JJ Paterka to do. And I think for what we ask him to do, which is be a big body, you know, contribute a little bit offensively, um, take up space in front of the net. He does. He's been doing a better job with that this year. Do I see him as a permanent piece going forward? And very much I could do with or without him. I don't care. Um, I think he should be on the third line. I don't think he should be on power play one. I don't think he should be up playing with Tage Thompson and Alex Tuck. Um, but, you know, for what you ask a guy like that to do, I don't, I think you could do worse but you could definitely do better too. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. 
he's I mean he's he's what was he's done here what he did in Minnesota too he's, he's he hasn't changed as a player I think there was yeah. some people that expected him to to command a bigger role and put in more goals as a net front presence um but it just has to happen he's still the same player he was and yeah it's not necessarily a bad thing but that was all linked to uh Don Granado too. Don Granado coached him when he was younger. So I think that's what they thought he could, Don Granado could unlock some magic with Jordan Greenway. But I think it's just like Joe Marino says, dude, when somebody shows you who they are, believe them. Yeah. We've, we know who Jordan Greenway is. So we do. We'll see what happens. So anyways, we'll, we'll, we'll move on. Uh, Coming up this week in an episode, we'll look at all of the trade candidates you could say for Buffalo. Who's, unsigned as of now and who might be on the move uh and yeah talk about what we might want to see in return for them and maybe talk about some other bigger trades that may or may not happen or trades we'd like to see perhaps we can call it but anyways that's that's for next time that's with an impending trade deadline on uh friday right an nhl trade deadline Mm -hmm. friday march 8th all right when to think of it cool sweet all right rolling over to bill's sides of things um, we've been doing on the pod the last few weeks quite a bit of work on uh, off-season priorities for the Bills. We've gone through and we've kind of identified what we thought were the strengths and weaknesses with each within each position group, um, and identified like where we thought that Brandon means Brandon B needs to spend his time. So what we're gonna do today is we're gonna kind of have a little bit of a, a debate here on w- what order should be prioritized. It's like where do we as a pod? think that Brandon Bede needs to really kind of focus his efforts. So let me share our document here. And we've identified the Bills needs as um, in no particular order yet as defensive end, defensive tackle, cornerback, safety, QB2, RB2, and wide receiver. All of those have a variety or a, a whole spectrum of of priority um so our goal right now is just to like let's put them in order so what i think we should do we're going to toss it around um kind of a draft style and we each get to kind of make our stake for what position we think and where they they, they need to slot in so um if we want to then kind of debate and argue a little bit and have some uh some commentary on what order they should be in let's let's open it up so um nigel i'm gonna start with you bud where do you want to start what's priority number one all right, so for me, priority number one is absolutely wide receiver. All right, that's that's for me. And my reasoning behind that um, is because we have a top three player in the entire NFL by the name of Josh Allen. And I think when you have a player of that caliber at the most important position in sports, you prioritize putting them in the absolute best situation to succeed. And for a quarterback... A position uh, to succeed involves many weapons to throw the football to, many good weapons. Um, And right now, this team is in desperate need of a player that can vertically stretch the field, open up things underneath, um, and be a speedy, deep threat. And I think that player is going to be the addition to the team that most influences um, Josh Allen. And he is one of the best players in the world. So that just makes a lot of sense to me. So there's my reason. 
it's a it's a pretty compelling case. I agree with you, man. <laughs> and especially my other thought to put there is like we also need to stock the cupboards, right? We kind mm-hmm. of we have Stefan Diggs, who is going in. We've talked about this quite a bit, but he's going into the beginning of his four year deal. So he's on the team for a while, but he is older. He's 30. And I, I, I think, right, we need to kind of start thinking beyond the this season, next season. We need to totally. really be ready for, for somebody else to step in after. So and we got to start taking shots at that because it's not a guarantee we get him in this draft. It's not a guarantee we get him. We already have him on the team, right? It's We got to keep throwing darts at that board and figure out who's who's going to be able to make it. So, right. and, and you don't want to all of a sudden you're in a position where you need to turn the reins over to somebody. Do you, you don't want to do that to a rookie coming coming in fresh faced. You want to be right. somebody that's been around for a year or two. Justin no? Jefferson's don't grow on trees, right? Yeah. Like like that guy, he had two quiet games on his rookie season and then he blew up on third game three of his of his rookie season. That doesn't happen, right? That we no. can't bank on that happening either. It is nice to know that he was like, I mean, we it was the pick that the Bills traded to get Stefan Diggs. It was like pick 18. So like it doesn't have to be a top five pick. Um, which for somebody to come in and be a superstar. So I think that's comforting knowing, especially with this wide receiver rookie class coming in, we have some, we have some options there. So um, yeah, I'm down to slot in uh wide receiver as our number one need. Yep. Um, Jake, would you like to take a swing at this bat or in this pinata, or do you want to want to pass it on? I'll take, I'll take a swing, but I want you to debate me if you feel otherwise. Um I so I'll talk through I'll talk through my thoughts instead of just giving you an answer because I think that might be more more compelling. I think that having the wide receiver position taken care of is a huge step in making the offense more lethal. I don't think QB2 or RB2 are as important in doing that. So I think I'd like to have our second need be on the defensive side of the ball. With that said, um I lean towards the secondary a little bit, either cornerback or safety. I think it. I think safety position largely depends on what happens with Jordan Hoyer and Micah Hyde, whether they come back for another year or if we've seen the last of them. If both are gone, then I think that becomes my second need. And if it's one or the other, then perhaps it can be touched down a bit. But I think I think for sake of argument, I'm going to say the Bills move on from Micah Hyde and Jordan Hoyer. Sadly, as we've kind of talked about. And I think that becomes my number two need. But I will turn that over to you guys for, for some uh, more intelligent thoughts on the matter. <laughs> Go ahead, Tom. So I think it's definitely a need. And I think it's in the top half of the Bills needs. But I don't think it's number two. I, mostly, and it's because of this, um, it's because of Sean McDermott. The guy is a little bit of a secondary like cornerback safety whisperer where the guy can coach up almost anybody to go in and give you starter level play. Um, And he's done that for his entire career. This is not just something that's been a flash in the pan. The guy's done it when he was in Philadelphia. He did it when he was in Carolina and he's done it most significantly with Micah Hyde and Jordan Poyer here in Buffalo, where he coached up those two guys who were fifth and seventh round picks were not starters on their prior teams, signed them to the bills. And then kaboom, they became arguably the best safety tandem to ever play together. So I don't know if that's a, a huge priority because I think we can go pick up Joe Schmo for $1.7 million and we'll be just fine. Kyer Elam's agent is screaming right now. <laughs> <laughs> Tom, can I, pose a, can I pose a quick thought on that real quick? Now, you, I think you're correct that Sean McDermott has a great track record of all that stuff. John Butler is not a coach 
on this defensive staff anymore. And I think it's worth mentioning that he had a big hand in a lot of that development too. I wonder if we at any point notice here a dip in the developmental ability of this defensive coaching staff without John Butler being there. Do you think that's a possibility? It's definitely a possibility, but you know who else was a big part of that? Bobby Babbage, who's now the defensive coordinator. So, right. He was, he was the secondary coach for those first few seasons with, um, with Micah Hyde and Jordan Porter were kind of blown up. So I think, I think we will feel the, the, the loss of John Butler. Absolutely. The guy was great. He was a very smart and capable coach and, um, went and is going to continue to be in the league, but I, I don't know. I, so I'm I'm ready to put safety not in number two. Can I propose my uh, my proposal for <laughs> propose my proposal oh my. for number two? <laughs> yeah, dude. My, I would like to have my proposition proposed of um, my my next step is uh, defensive tackle. I think this um, and this particularly because it's going to affect two different um, position rooms. I think the firstly we need we have very little signs to the to the team in the defensive tackle room uh we have ed oliver and then like nobody so um we need bodies and b the we have um matt milano and terrell bernard playing um in, in our linebacker core and they are not big boys they are smaller linebackers who are mobile and play in space and if they get tied up in just being kind of being eaten alive by the um what the offense is starting to put, kind of affect their will um on them we're going to be done so we need a defensive tackle room who could really eat up space and keep them clean to let them go do all these wild fireworks plays that we see them do so i think defensive tackle is important because a we need them and b it's going to set up matt milano and Terrell bernard for a really great season next year yep uh, my my number two priority is also defensive tackle. Um, and the only other thing I would add to that is um, trying to get a little bit younger and cheaper, right? Like Daquan Jones is north of 30, sure. um, and he's not going to be cheap if we do re-sign him. Um, so it's, it's a, and for all the reasons Tom said as well. And yeah, I, I think, and Brandon Bean builds from the trenches out. So yeah. I know it's going to be a priority for him. Um yeah, so I'm 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 with you on that, Tom. Defensive tackle is the number two need for me for this football team. Okay, now uh, where do we go next? In terms of position or yeah. person? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you, you're up. You get to pick the next. All right. So for me, and and again, this is a tough one because we don't know what's going to happen with my guy Jordan Poyer. Um. Even still, regardless of that, I think for me, the biggest, the next biggest need is defensive end. Um, and I say defensive end because, like Tom said before about defensive tackle, we have next to nobody signed. We have Greg Rousseau and Von Miller, um, and, and that's it. And Von Miller at this point is not the Von Miller that we know. Um, so to me, you have one starting caliber defensive end in a position that is probably like it's a top five most important on your team. Um, so, yeah, for me, defensive end is the third most third, third most important need. Only And it's only below defensive tackle because we do have two players at the defensive tackle position and defense – or, excuse me, defensive end position, and defensive tackle only has one. So, um, 
that was the deal breaker for me right there. It's good math, and, nice. That's great. Thank you very much. <laughs> so yeah, the defensive line in general is is once again somehow a, a huge, huge need. So for me, yeah, third is defensive end. Yeah, I, I'm in with that. I, I I completely buy that, especially because yeah, we don't have we don't have the the horses in the stable. We gotta for whatever reason restock this cupboard again. Um, Feels like we take so many shots at this one too, and it just we, we always need it. But you got it. Been, I, every team well, has them. It, what what makes it so hit or miss? Well, so it's a big. I mean, it's it, we've taken some swings. It's just we haven't hit right. Von Miller was awesome for phenomenal for that first half of the season, and then kaboom, blows out his ACL. Has not been the same person, and we spent uh, like a large amount of cap space on him. Uh, Greg Rousseau has been a bright spot. He's been awesome. He was a first round pick. Really worked well. We've taken a second round pick on AJ Epinesa, who had a slow start to his career and then had a nice, solid last two seasons, but he's no longer signed to the team. So he's a free agent. Then uh, after AJ Epinesa, we also, um, no, it was Greg Rousseau and then Boogie Basham in the same draft class. Um, and Boogie turned into nothing. He's off the team, he's on the Giants now. Um, and we've kind of just then filled in some veteran free agents uh, around that. That's Leonard Floyd. That's Shaq Lawson. That's um, a variety of these different players that have just kept coming and, and done done what they needed to. But we don't have the a couple guys signed to long term deals, so um, we need the youth. We need the some rookie deals. I think um, coming in and hopefully being more of an impact than maybe AJ Epinesa or Boogie Basham did. Yeah, I I'm mentally prepared for like. I like. I, I think there's going to be a lot of darts thrown at the the defensive line, yeah, portion of the draft. And I hope so. It's got to hit some point. Mm-hmm. Um, I think this fourth spot. I'm going to take uh, Jake's uh, safety recommendation there, and I think we slot it in here at four, mostly because oh, and I do that over cornerback because we just have more players in the room at quarterback that that we that we believe in right we have christian benford we have teron johnson we have um kyrie elam who's could be something we have a, but we have a lot invested there in him right because he was a first round pick so i just think mm-hmm. we have more invested there that i think we need to just i think it's a smarter investment to go and kind of restock the safety room yep okay yep i have an agreement there 100 percent because Jake, you had the right reasons. We are losing a, a phenomenal safety tandem. I um, and uh, I just, I just thought that the the priority needed to be elsewhere. Yeah, no, that, that makes sense. Yeah, no, I, I didn't think I was wrong on the reasons. I just didn't put enough emphasis on the the direness of the need of the other defensive line positions. I guess. Yeah. And just the the talent on the on the coaching staff to coach up safety that it doesn't have to we don't have to spend a lot to get get what we need out of that position. So right. Um. So is is cornerback next? Is it is it? I'm noticing a run of the defensive side of the ball now. Yeah, I my I mean my argument is is cornerback to be next. Yeah, absolutely. And um, the the case there for me is we just don't know what we have left in Tre'Davious White. And that's probably the biggest X factor with the cornerback room. True. Um, I think it's almost a guarantee that Rasul Douglas gets a deal done this season. I so hope I, so. I, I'll, I, I'll send in five bucks to go help with that. Yeah, I'd be shocked if they didn't. Um, so I think it's a pretty safe bet that at this point, because even if even if um, Trey White comes back to being any shell of himself, um, he it's not going to be at the beginning of the season. So I think we're going to start 
this upcoming season with Benford and Russell Douglas as your starting quarterbacks. Um, but after that, you don't have Dane Jackson anymore, or at least not officially. He's needs a new deal. Kyrie Elam's a wild card. You don't know what you have in Tredavious White. So your depth there is suddenly really thin. Um, you, even so. if he does come back, I hate saying it, but I feel like you can't trust him much at all to not go down with another season-ending right. injury. It's at this been the point, last two years in a row. Like I, I take no joy in saying it, but it, it's yeah, been a trend. Yeah, it's been it's been not good. So I'm down. Let's throw it in. Then um, I'm going to throw I'm going to go kind of skip this position here. And I think that the last position is quarterback, two because I don't think it freaking matters who is quarterback two if we don't have Josh Allen, we're kind of up a creek. So um, I, I think let's get somebody that Josh is comfortable with. Let's not spend a lot of money on. We need the guy who can come in and help Josh prepare week to week. But if if Josh is down, I, it doesn't matter doesn't matter it doesn't yeah. matter right we're we're up a creek and we're we're without any paddle in sight you know like, yeah and i i predictively i think this is just going to be kyle allen again yeah i'd be down all right well i think that leaves one spot for rb2 sure does <laughs> <laughs> yep and i agree with so, I, so I agree with all of this entirely so it slots in and but remind me from your conversation before what, what are you looking for in the rb2 what kind of player um, you, we need something that's a compliment to James Cook. So James Cook is more of a narrow built, longer, leaner running back, more speed, not, not going to be someone that breaks a ton of tackles on a third one between the tackles. We need it. We need a guy that can come in and bang out a third and one between the tackles, not go down at the first contact. So we need, we need a wrecking ball and not make Josh Allen have to take 15 rushing touchdowns. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> and then pass protection. The other big part of that is pass protection. Can you come in and be a reliable pass protector? Because and ideally, this is still a pass first offense. Um, so we need we need a player who can come in, be reliable there, and st- then catch the ball in the backfield a little bit. Have have some short yardage ability, and and just be reliable. So I bet this is going to be a veteran, or honestly, this could be a well. We're getting I'm getting ahead of myself. Uh, we have some other solutions where this could be. So. Yeah, boys, I like this. Uh, I like this list we made. Yeah, no, that all that all tracks for me. Yeah, all right. and and honestly, dude, I could even be in a world where wide receiver and defensive tackle are swapped, dude. I think I think whatever is first is just going to completely depend on the way the board falls. And I will say this too: everything I keep seeing right now in the Twitter world or X world um, is that this wide receiver class is deep as all hell, dude. So. Yeah. I wouldn't be shocked to see us take a run in the maybe even the first two rounds on the mm-hmm. defensive line and then maybe even look to get our wide receiver two in round three, although that makes me a little nervous. But it could also be a free agent, right? We're gonna hit free agents be. before the draft. So we will know some of these problems, some of these holes will be plugged before we go into the draft. And yeah, honestly, good point. Brandon Bean does a really great job of going into the draft not needing a certain position. He tries to get himself set up so that he's not it's not red flag that oh my god we need this one spot and or we're screwed he's got some solutions in place and then opens up the board for him so he doesn't have to rely on just one rookie pick being the correct pick yeah that's a great point tom yeah so i bet we're gonna see a lot of movement before the draft comes and march is gonna be a busy month i was gonna say free agency opens fairly soon right yeah, March, mid-March. So we'll we'll know. We're gonna do. We're gonna spend this week uh, focusing on an NHL trade deadline, and then after that, we're gonna look at a bunch of um, NFL free agents. So um, it's a busy little month here in the offseason. for sure. 
Okay. Absolutely. So taking those needs, we are now going to zoom out and I'm going to reveal the rest of our magical list here. And uh, we now get to make some decisions. We're going to start on the offense where we're as a team here are going to kind of come up with what we think um, we should do. What are the decisions that need to be made? Where are we getting these players? Um, and continue the rest of our offseason work here. So um, while I'm getting things set up, Jake, want to start us off at quarterback here, dude? Yeah, I, I think I agree with what Nigel was kind of projecting there, that Kyle Allen probably sticks around. He's clearly comfortable with Josh, and they're good friends. Uh, not related, as I continually think they are. But I, I think, yeah, I think they're <laughs> complementary to each other. Like you guys said, Kyle Allen's not going to win you a lot of games, but if he is the guy in a position that we need him to win us some games, then we're probably got bigger issues to think about. So I'm fine leaving him kind of slotted in there. Yeah. Yep. That's my thought as well. And, I, and he's, he's going to be cheap. And and at yep. this point he's already got a year in, so there's no quarterback to anywhere out there that's going to come in and be more prepared than he ever was. Right. He's got a, a year under his belt there. So yeah, I think I, that's my prediction. I so agree. The, a resign there for me. He's also got some known ability, not known ability. Um, uh, he knows the wide receivers and the rest of the offensive weapons on this team. So if somebody, if he needed to come in, he at least has a year's worth of reps throwing to these guys and mm -hmm. knowing the system. So, you know, it, it, God forbid we need him. He has a, a better chance of coming up and doing something significant. Yeah, absolutely. Did you say no ability? Yeah, it's a new, it's a new one. <laughs> I like out that. The Webster Miriam's dictionary. Yeah, you're welcome. <laughs> oh, man. Oh no! Yeah, my ability to who gave me a microphone? Uh, we did. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You did. Yeah, I blame both of you. Um, what are you gonna do in the runner back room, dude? What's your What's your thought? This is either a bargain bin free agent or a late shot in the dark draft pick, fifth round, sixth round, something like that. Um, and I imagine it'll be one of those two things. Um, this won't be a high draft capital move by Brandon Bean, and he's certainly not going to spend a lot of money on a running back, too. He barely he doesn't spend a lot of money on his running back ones. So um, this will be either a bargain bin free agent or a late round um, draft pick is my is my guess. I like it. Do you want to re-sign Ty Johnson? I would love to re-sign Ty Johnson. I don't think he'll be expensive. Um, I think he does offer you a little bit more bang ability between the tackles than James Cook does. Um, <laughs> Jake? <laughs> Don't, don't look that's, at me like that. That's, that's right next to no ability. <laughs> right, bang ability, no ability. You guys are full of abilities. Uh, <laughs> so, so yeah, dude, I would love to see him be re-signed, but who knows? You know, let's we'll see if they can agree on a number or if Brandon Bean even wants him to come back. But he would still fall in the category for me of bargain bin free agent. I like it. So, what about uh, the old man of the league, Tom. You want him back? No, nah, man. Hey, man. Good luck. Sayonara. Yeah. He's going to retire. NFLPA president or something because the guy's got some leadership abilities. But yeah, no, thank you. Agreed. Um, All right. <laughs> Offensive line, man. I, I am so excited, honestly, that we have so much white here that there's like everybody signed. 
we got all the guys. Mm-hmm. I, I would love to re-sign David, David Edwards because, A, I don't think he's going to be expensive. I don't think he's done anything this year that was going to make another team be like, ooh, oh, my God, gimme, get David Edwards. Like, I, I don't think he's going to be in high demand. So, and I be, imagine he, I, I mean, at least I hope he'd want to come back. So, if we, I, th- I hope we just re-sign David Edwards. I think we throw a dart or two um, late in the draft just to keep the, that, that, uh, the, the roster turn in there. Yeah, keep the cupboard stocked. And um or and if David Edwards doesn't wanna doesn't want to resign or gets a better deal somewhere else, then we we call in a uh maybe it's Tommy Doyle coming off this injury gets to go do we do the David Edwards role, role and we're bringing in a rookie to kind of you know fill in the bottom of the roster. So I think offensive line is really simple. Just let's resign David Edwards. And if we don't, then we draft somebody and everybody kind of rolls up that roster um rankings. <laughs> Hold on. I gotta I gotta pin a quick question from from Mike here. What do you think there, Tom? <laughs> oh, it's clearly Josh Allen. Yeah. All right. Yeah. We are also video game just delinquents. And we've been playing that Hell Divers game. Everybody out there has been playing Hell Divers. Um, this is a good question, though. Yeah. Who on the roster would take out the most tournaments? I, you know what, dude? I don't know if it would be Josh Allen. I ah, I, I think I'm gonna go like kind of like a dark horse, like like at Oliver, like a defensive line that Greg Rousseau, something like that. Yeah. I don't know. I think I think some of these country boys. Yeah, I think Ed Oliver's got a got a good chance. I think uh, Spencer Brown because he's as big as the Terminids will uh, <laughs> will have a good chance. You know, like yeah, like that's that. the squad I want to be on. I like that. Yeah, I like good. that. That's good. <laughs> All right, we got to get a Twitter poll on that on the uh, uh, on the the podcast. Page. We should. We that's should. What we need. That's what we need. All right. Um, Where are we? Wide receiver. Wide receiver. Nice. That one's for you, dude. I'm going to let you take away. What are you going to do? What's the solution? Yeah, this one for me, um, my my hope is a very high draft resource. Um, and a big reason for that is is age, right? Stefan Diggs is going to be a little bit older. Um, and I think if you infuse a young top tier wide receiver right now, for the next good chunk of time, your first, second, third passing options are potentially filled in this new hopefully first-round wide receiver, Dalton Kincaid, Khalil Shakir, right? So I think that would be just a really smart move to invest a high, um, a lot of, like a high draft capital pick in that wide receiver position to get, A, the talent that we would, we're going to need in the next couple of years when Steph Diggs is no longer on the team, um, and B, just to have your high-end passing options and the offense all be pretty young. I like it. I yeah. like it. Any free agent uh, capital being being spent there? Um, there's there's a good oh there's gonna have to be yeah there's gonna be some bargain bin guys for sure maybe even because it's so deep maybe you see a late round dart throw here by Brandon Bean um but yeah I I see a lot of like I've been seeing a lot of like Curtis Samuel and stuff like that I don't know that I love that um I'd much rather go with a younger more dynamic player um and he's gonna be expensive too I, I don't know where people think we're gonna get the money to sign a guy like Curtis Samuel. So yeah, you'll you'll get a you'll get at least two bargain big bargain bin free agent signings in the position room as well, I would imagine. But the big one's gonna be the early draft capital in the first or second round, I think, for wide receiver. We gotta send Brandon Bean a, a sticker that says Brandon Bean's bargain bin bonanza. <laughs> I love it, dude. I bet if we did he'd wear it. Real quick, Brandon B, did you see the other day by chance the picture of him in those Superfly Nikes come across Twitter? 
I did not. I fucking love that though. They were people were talking about them. They're like they were like eight grand or something like that. These, Are you like, kidding these me? Hundred percent serious. What? <laughs> That's so sick. Anyway, continue. Uh, you'll never see me drop like money like that on shoes. Just oh god, shoes. no, never. Just not a shoe guy. No, I can I can bring my money out of the places. Um, I think tight end is a really easy room, just like offensive line. Um, we got Dawson Knox signed to that monster deal. You know, like it, hate it. He's signed to it, so he's staying. Um, Don Kincaid, good God, I love him. Um, and then I don't, I mean, Zach Davidson, Trey McKitty, they're just depth pieces on the roster. They're going to be on the have spot. Awesome. Yeah. Which is fantastic. And I think we signed Quentin Morris back. The guy's been great. Um, and I don't also don't think just like I was talking about David Edwards, I don't think he did anything this season to make other teams like go scrambling for him. So no. I imagine we, he comes back and resigns and we also, we have, on the, on the roster. we have exclusive, sorry to cut you off there, Tom. I apologize. You're we, right. um, we have exclusive rights for a minute to Q Morris too. You're right. So. Yeah, he's the only I, one. Yeah, almost a lock one. that he's going to come back. Yeah, agreed. Well, sweet. Let's expand our uh, range here a little bit, and let's talk defense. <laughs> oh, my so we was a tougher one. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but we've so we've only really allocated one to two draft picks on on any position so far. We said wide receiver, take a take one higher up, and then take kind of a flyer in the later rounds. Yeah. And then uh, our, our throw O line. I think that's always good to keep that room stocked. So, so, was, but, so let's say three three picks on the offense. Yeah, yeah, three out of the so, ten. So that leaves. Yeah, so yeah, I was gonna ask you guys how many how many picks that leaves and like kind we of what, ten, we're, what we're what we Do we have ten picks, Tom? I think we have. I think it's definitely nine, and I think we have ten. So I'm looking at nine, but I, I was wondering if I if you knew something I didn't. We have oh, a, a maybe maybe pick, the 10th? second round pick. Go ahead, keep going. First round pick, second round pick, fourth. Two fifths, two, three oh. sixths, one seventh. Yeah, because we one have seventh. a third round pick. Uh, we have um, a compensatory pick coming in from the Tremaine Edmonds deal. Team signing with Chicago for such a giant oh, okay. deal. We we are we traded away our normally allocated third round pick for Rasul Douglas, but we're gonna get another one with Tremaine Edmonds. So, yep, there's the tenth. There it is. Okay. Okay. A good. I mean, third round's a good pick. That's a. That's a, I'll take it. Like that's, that's, that's a, a valuable. That. Pick. That's. I mean, it's not unheard for that to be a starter. Right, that's Terrell Bernard. Exactly. <laughs> right. Say it like that, dude. I'm gonna, I'm gonna get squirmy. Yeah. <laughs> I get too excited. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the end. Here. here we go. I'm taking the end. All right, buddy. So I hope that we do not re-sign AJ Epinesa. We do not re-sign Leonard Floyd. I hope that we do re-sign Shaq Lawson because I like the guy. He's a great player, and I don't think he's gonna be expensive. And what I think that means is that we have at least one top four round draft pick maybe top three at the end um and then we're gonna go sign some other significant leonard floyd-esque um free agent who's a veteran who's has proven um ability proven uh production on the field um but maybe not quite as expensive as leonard floyd um so i think i think that's really where we're gonna end up doing i think we keep kingsling jonathan von miller's on there greg russo's in um, we refill it with at least one draft pick and then one free agency. We're on free agent signing. Cool. I like I like that plan, Tom. You know, because I, I think we need some youth. Um, and then we we come in and get somebody who's kind of some upside free agent who maybe hasn't produced as much as we think he might. Uh, um, and come in in Buffalo and be the best player he has. Yeah, absolutely. I like All it, right. dude. I got no pushback. Okay. Well, Nige, you get to do D-tackle. Good luck. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so um, 
at this point, and I need to pose a question real quick to you, Tom, and I hope I'm not putting you on the spot horribly. What's the what's the, the official new salary cap? Two fifty five point four. That's officially what it is. Yeah, a lot of money. Wow. Okay, About twelve million more than was projected, so that's a big deal. Yeah. And what was it last rough. year, roughly? I can go look it up. Two um, thirties. Yeah. Oh, okay. It's a huge increase. Thank you, Taylor Swift. Um, so okay, dude. So. I think of all of the UFAs that are on this team, I think the last year's um, salary crap was 22.4, 20, sorry, 20, 224.8 million. And we've bumped it up essentially another 30 million. Wow. Shit. That is crazy. Yeah. God. Yep. Okay. Well, anyway, so all of this to say, I think of all these guys in yellow on any part of this document, Daquan Jones is the guy we are most likely to resign in my opinion um yeah i i i think he's i mean the way he was playing last year doesn't show any type of drop off um he's a starting caliber one tech that i don't think is going to be outrageous um and i think given what we know now about the salary cap he's a guy that we would likely resign um i think there's a really solid chance that Puna Ford gets re-signed to this team. I think he's going to fall in that category of bargain bin free agent, and I think he'll be back on the squad. I think we're going to say goodbye to Tim Settle, Jordan Phillips, Linval Joseph, um, which leads me to the point where I say I do think that just because Daquan Jones is older, right, we need to have be ready to stock that cupboard. So I do want to see a high draft pick go into the defensive tackle room to go and grow a little bit with Ed Oliver. Um, and that way, I, I also don't like your first guy off the bench after Ed Oliver, Daquan Jones, is Puna Ford. I don't think that's enough depth. So I think that's where that drafted guy comes in. As to that depth, you will probably also see one to two bargain bin free, free, agent, free agent signings um, for the D-tackle position. I like it. That's my yeah. thought at this point. Yeah, man, that's got to be it. And I hope it's a, I hope it's a lot. I hope Brandon Bean just just pours his darts out. On I think the defensive line is going to be the position with the most overhaul. Yeah. <clears throat> yep. And I, I honestly, I hope we get some youth that we can sign to more than single year deals. Because man, it's every year we're pivoting and coming up with something new. Like we got to get a little bit more consistency in those two rooms. For sure. Cool. All right, Jake. Any thoughts here? Any any questions? We rolling. No, yeah, I, I guess yeah, you guys crushed it. All right, sweet. <laughs> makes sense. Restock the defensive line. Yeah, cool. I like it. All right, uh, linebacker. I think is relatively simple. I think we slot in Matt Milano and Terrell Bernard as our two starters. Uh, Doran Williams and Balen Specter as amazing uh, depth, kind of uh, still on rookie deals, coming in and has some really good chances of being significant roles, um, especially as we're kind of possibly looking at some more uh, three linebacker sets uh, in the defense next year. And I think I think Tyrell Dodson is going to walk. I think he's going to get a big enough deal where he's going to go make some money, um, coming off a great year, doing what he was asked. I think he's going to get paid more elsewhere. Um, if for whatever reason he doesn't and he wants to come back for a cheap enough deal that Brandon Bean's going to wave in front of him, I'm sure he's going to get an offer for Brandon Bean, and that, that'd be awesome. But I don't think he's going to happen. And Tyler Matakavich, thanks for all you did. Adios. Um, I think that we need to 
if Tyrell Dodson and Tyrone Medikevich both leave, like I think they might, and I'm predicting, I'm hoping that this is just free agency, or it could be just another late round draft pick, another fourth, fifth, sixth round draft pick, like Dorian Williams, Balen Spector, and Terrell Bernard all were. It, Matt Milano was a fifth round pick, so like I think we throw another, you know, late ish day three pick at that linebacker come in, hopefully somebody that has some special teams ability who can maybe take that Tyler Medikevich role um, on a rookie deal. That would be sweet. Um, come in. You know, play for uh, four phase special teams and and also be you know not a huge liability like Tyler Medikevich was. <laughs> Anytime we asked him to have to come play actual linebacker, yeah, yeah, I think the big one there with Medikevich too is I'm 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 ready to be done spending a ton of money on an, a special teams only player. At least that many, right? We're already playing Saran Neal, so like yep. we can't pay that many of them, right? Let's get a right. let's get let's get one who a good rookie a good special teamer on a rookie deal please right that would be sick there's college players who have made their their statement on a roster and stayed on a roster because they can play special teams in this and they're gonna be able to do that same thing in the nfl so um that that is not just an exclusively veteran skill set that rookies rookies can come in and or or, you know younger players can come in and do the same thing and, and make an impact there so I, th- I hope that Brandon Bean kind of has that. I'm sure, which I'm sure he does. I'm sure he has yeah, that on his mind. On his mind, he loves special teams, so um, I'm sure that's what it's going to end up looking like. Yeah, for sure. Cool. Cornerback. Um, let's see here. I, in all honesty, bro, I would be absolutely fine just re-signing Dane Jackson here. Um, you know what you have with him? He's a spot starter. He's good depth. Um, if you can work out the deal. I would love to see him come back. I, I think he's just, I think he's valuable depth. Um, coaching staff loves him. Sean McDermott loves Dane Jackson. If he's going to get more money elsewhere and we're not going to be able to afford it. Um, oh, this is so tough because you don't know what you're going to do with Tredavious White. I don't see, I don't see a high draft capital going here. I think what you're probably going to see is like I said before, Christian Benford and Rasul Douglas starting Kyrie probably your first guy off the bench, and then you sign. Um, you're probably going to end up signing your fourth runner. You don't think it's? I, I bet it's Trey. I bet Trey is either number three or number four. I I just don't think we can bet bet on him being able to do any of those yet. And he's not going to be. I don't think he's good to go until halfway through the season at the earliest. Yeah, yeah, I don't know. Fuck so ah, I know I that's know. it. It's a tough one to do because you don't know what you're gonna what what the deals with Trey White. So I think you're gonna see a decent. Uh, predictively, I think they're gonna assume that you have that you don't have much in Trey White, and that you have to invest something here, whether it's money or draft capital. I wouldn't. Yeah. I don't see a cornerback draft pick being made before the fifth round, given the other needs. Um, I think you're gonna see probably free agent signing here. Okay. Yeah. That's my guess. I'm fine with that. Sweet. Cool. Safety is going to be a big one, right? I, I Again, it's going to be kind of like D-Tackle, where I think we're gonna. it's going to be a lot of capital spent here. My um, guess is a fourth-round pick. I don't know why. A fourth-round pick on a safety screaming at me. It seems like it, yeah. And when I say a lot of capital, I don't mean, like, valuable capital, but I think a bunch of darts are going to be thrown at free yeah. agents or draft picks. Like, we need to refill this room here. Um, I bet Micah Hyde retires. I do think we keep Jordan Poyer. He's got, he's signed to the deal. He's, he's, he loves playing in Buffalo. The guy said it over and over again. Like I, I would love for him to stay and take one more stab at trying to go get a ring with this team. Um, 
And then uh, honestly, I, I bet either Taylor Rapp or Cam Lewis, they're not gonna be they're not gonna be expensive. So I think we were assigned one of those two. I don't know who it is. Um, I hope it's, it's Cam Lewis. Yeah, probably. I think Taylor Rapp kind of I was excited about him coming in and then he he disappointed. He definitely did not not live up to the hype that I thought he might, especially because he had starter reps on other teams and came in and just like was a little bit of a liability here. Mm-hmm. Um yeah, so I bet it's I bet it's a sign Cam Lewis, take a day two draft pick and then another free agency start throw. You know, I think it's um, one name that I think is exciting is Darnell Savage was released by the, the Green Bay Packers and he played with Rasul Douglas. I, I bet he's going to be too expensive, but man, that'd be fun. You know, get Rasul and Darnell Savage, reunite them here in, in, in Buffalo. And that would be sick. I do think he's going to be too expensive. I think so. But if he's looking to go for a team that's going to compete and he's, he's a veteran, right? He wants to, he's, probably thinking about a ring and i don't know i think it could be cool so that's, i think that's it, my that's my secret hope i don't yeah, know if it's gonna happen, but it's secret hope. i think if there's one thing i've learned is these guys don't ever actually pick the potential to win a trophy they pick the money every time as they should but yeah, yeah. I, i'm trying to think of, i feel like i have examples in my brain but i don't um yeah i don't know I mean, there's yeah. A, yeah, there's a ton of these players that came to sign for bargain bin deals here, right? Like, a hundred percent, dude. Yeah, I mean, who knows, dude? Maybe, maybe I'm totally wrong about the D tackle room and Tim Settle and Jordan Phillips are both back. Like, I, I wouldn't be happy about that, but like, oh, I hope not. I can't imagine they are. I think Jordan <laughs> I, I Phillips is going to retire. Yeah, yeah, he probably should. So. Anyway, and specialists are all signed, so we don't. I don't see foresee any changes there. Hopefully, Tyler Bass goes to see whatever shrink he needs to to get his yeah. head straight. Go go on vacation, dude. Get your get you know get your feet rubbed somewhere. Um, <laughs> Reed Ferguson, buddy, keeps grilling all you want. I love you, Sam Martin. Figure out how to be more consistent, but that's cool. Um, I think we're good. Yeah, brother, take us out of here, Tommy. Okay, hey, we got that's yeah, that's a big deal. There was a, a bunch kind of figured out there, so it's a lot that happened. Yeah, there's a lot. But that's that's our off-season recommendations. We'll post these to our social medias. Get you guys. We'd love to hear your thoughts. If you have think how uh, how brilliant we are or how stupid we are, we uh, we love both. So um, let us know. Um, and yeah, we will be back again on Tuesday. So it'll be also a live stream. We're essentially going to be trying to do live streams fairly often. Ninety-nine percent of our podcasts are going to be live streamed now. So come join us here on YouTube. It's fun. Please interact. Send us comments. Um, ask us questions. You'll get posted up on the on the. Uh, live on on the on the video and we'd love to see you so that'd be awesome um let's get rolling here so the uh again like always thank you all so much from the bottom of our hearts for spending some time with us we really do appreciate it it's really fun um it'd mean a lot to us if you could please share this episode give us a like give us a follow send it to your grandma show it to your dog whoever um and uh we're, we're available on instagram x on uh youtube on tiktok on I don't know any anywhere else you could find us um and, and that would be phenomenal so uh thank you so much these are my pals that's jake that's nigel my name is tom and you're listening to the let's go buffalo podcast we're sending you love wherever you are let's go buffalo, let's go, buffalo.